Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. Today on the podcast, we have the final message in our series, Life Connected. We're looking at the ways that we as a church can and should connect with the surrounding culture. This is an important part of the journey that we not just experience uh, community with those who believe the same things we do, but that we're always expanding out through compassion, through connecting with culture, through relationships with others. So we're going to go ahead and head to the talk. North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. Thanks for listening. If you have a bulletin, if you have a bulletin on the front of your bulletin, you have a passage at the bottom of the bulletin, and I'm going to read that passage. These are the words of Jesus as translated by Eugene Peterson in the message translation, which is really a paraphrase, but I like the way that he puts it. (laughs) He missed the music this morning. Dude, I'm sorry. He's like, when are you going to make sounds come out of that thing? <laughs> Matthew five thirteen through 16. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning. Tony's chasseries that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I put you on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. Amen. I'm done. We can go home. But just so you get your money's worth. Yes, yeah, shut up. No, really. Really, like, shut up. No. <laughs> shut your mouth. Uh <laughs> So you can get your money's worth, I'll offer a little bit of commentary. Um, (laughs) We have been in a series for the last six weeks, which is called Life Connected, which is really, it's kind of a a core values series that we've been doing on just kind of what we're trying to do here as North Shore Vineyard. And I think this will be the last day of it. So, um, so, So just a little recap. If you look at the front of your bulletin, you notice this little thing at the top that says Life Connected, and then right under North Shore Vineyard, it says God, Church, Culture, Heart. And and I'll I'll explain this. Uh, If you think of, if if I was a little bit more on the ball this week, I would have put up a diagram, but we can envision this, right? We can use our imaginations. Imagine an axis where God is on top and your heart is on the bottom. This is an important relationship. And a lot of people 
have no problem with understanding spirituality in, in those kind of terms. In fact, I think most people now, I hear the term, uh, the, the phrase all the time, you know, I'm spiritual but not religious. But oftentimes what that means is it's just me and God. You know, I've got my own kind of version of my relationship with God, but it's, it's a very kind of individualistic approach. Uh, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But as I said last week, if you are not doing your journey with other people, you're missing out on huge aspects of what Christianity was meant to be. Uh, The natural habitat of Christian faith is actually community, and that's what we call the church. And that's why we would add another axis that is horizontal and and put the church on one side and the culture on the other. So last week I talked about the importance of community, how we are not supposed to go alone. We need people in our lives to encourage us and people that we can encourage. We need people in our lives that we can have authentic, open relationships so that we can be healed of of our, our, you know, the things that we would normally keep inside. We need to be able to confess our sins and pray for one another. We need to hold each other up and walk with each other. And that's huge. And if you haven't experienced that, start trying to do that because that's, that's huge. Um, I think uh, that's one of the reasons that, say, AA is so successful. You never hear of anybody, well, maybe you do. I don't hear of anybody who's like, I'm going to do the 12 steps by myself. If you try to do the 12 steps by yourself, how would it work, Ricky? Not good. So the whole point of the 12 steps is not that you just follow some steps by yourself. You do that in community. We got a group of guys that meet here every Thursday night. And when I talk to these guys, they're like, this is the best thing that the church has going. And and a lot of people don't even realize. And these are guys that are just trying to deal with their stuff together and encourage one another and be open and honest. And they do that within the context of community. But it's, you know, when when you talk to guys that are in that, they're they're like, this is a lot better than just showing up and just just, just attending a service. I mean, this, this is a good thing, too. But you can be in here on a Sunday morning and be completely alone. I mean, that's possible. That, that option is always there. But to really seek out community, and that's where you begin finding the, the, the natural habitat of your faith where you will thrive. But here's the one last thing I want to say. You can have God up here. You can be moving towards God in worship. You can be experiencing transformation in your heart, and you can be doing that in Christian community. But if you neglect folks outside of the church, you're, you're going to become weird. <laughs> and uh, Maybe you've grown up in a church that was really tight community, but it was so tight like there was no way in. I remember hearing of a church, and uh, we did a little stint in Blood River a few years ago, and um, many years ago. But I heard there was a church in Blood River that actually passed a resolution. We don't want any new, more, in, any new members. They, like, passed a rule. We're not going to accept any new members. And I'm like... Wow, like are things going that good, or is it <laughs> is it a sign that man things are really like kind of askew? And what Jesus tells us here, and really this was a, a critique on the modern religion of his day, is you are intended to be salt and light to bring out the God flavors in this world, the God colors. That's why you're here. Don't hide that salt in your salt shaker, in your cabinet, and keep it in the dark. Put that salt on your food where it does some good. 
Don't turn on that light next to your bed and then put it under your bed. That doesn't make any sense. And see, that's the problem. The Pharisees in Jesus' day, that's exactly what they were doing. Instead of being a light to the world, instead of being salt that brings out the God flavors, these guys were just forming a little club. In fact, instead of helping people know God, they were actually becoming a barrier. And the Pharisees, they were, they were serious. You know, they were very devout, but they weren't content with the 400 plus laws of the Old Testament. They came up with another 200 laws. And Jesus is like, you guys are actually keeping people out. And so today, I want to talk a little bit about how we as a church and as individuals can connect with the culture. And when I say culture, I I mean this in a couple of ways. We actually want to connect with the culture. We've got some things that we do to actually connect with the culture. But when I use that term culture, it's just society that's outside of church, okay? So... I want to show you something. We revisit this from time to time here at North Shore Vineyard. And uh, if you've been around here for a while, you've probably seen this a few times. But it's always a very helpful reminder. There are two different kind of ways of doing church. One would be called bounded set and one would be called centered set. So in a bounded set, this uh, picture up on the screen, a bounded set is just a way of dividing the world, and it's, it's concerned with the boundary, who is in your group and who's out your group. You could use this kind of picture to you know, describe Republicans and Democrats, men, women, whatever, in, however you want to divide up the world. But this is the way a lot of churches work. And so what is the boundary? Oftentimes the boundary is doctrine, it's theology, um, in some churches, that boundary gets very thick and to include, like, you have to believe this political ideology or you have to dress this way or talk this way. Have you ever been at a church where it's like, you know, you have to dress a certain way or, or you have to look a certain way or you have to agree with these things? Whatever. But the, but the important thing on a bounded set is it's about the boundary. And so if you get a, around a highly bounded set group, it feels you feel like an alien, you know, I mean, you feel like an outsider. I've been to, I know I did not grow up in Catholicism, but I've been to a Catholic funeral or two in my life. And as somebody that didn't grow up in Catholicism, I don't know what to do. And it, it's, a, it's a horrible feeling when you show up in a, and you want to connect with God. And it's like, uh, I don't know when to you know, kneel or stand or pray. And I'm not knocking the tradition. I mean, I think in many ways it's beautiful. I wish I could participate, but it, you, you feel like an outsider. But unfortunately, that's what Bounded Set does. You, you, you bump in, the, the boundary feels like a whole different culture and you don't have a way in. And honestly, to get inside that boundary, you're going to have to let go of your culture to get in there, you know? And, and who wants to let go of their culture? I mean, we want to maybe reform some things, but there's things that make sense to us, and we don't want to ban them. So the Pharisees are what you would call a bounded set. That was their way of doing religion. But I think a better way to do this is what we call centered set. So in this diagram or picture, whatever we want to call it, um, we take away the boundary. Now the important thing is not are you in or are you out. Now the question is where is the movement in your life? Are you moving towards Jesus, or are you moving away from Jesus? Phil Johnson, the pastor of the vineyard in Kenner, he was sharing his testimony one time, and he said, you know, he was an upstanding member of the Baptist church there in Kenner. I mean, he was a deacon, an elder. 
He did a lot of stuff. He counted the offerings every week. And then he met Jesus at one point. <laughs> he had been an upstanding member in the church, in leadership, but he wasn't saved. He didn't know Jesus. He wasn't following after God. So under a bounded set model, he'd be right up in the middle of the, the, the boundary. But under a centered set model, he's moving away from Christ before you know, he met Christ. So, so under, under a centered set understanding, the, the, the important thing is where is the movement in your life? So what does this look like in the New Testament? Well, I think a great example of this would be kind of comparing uh, the typical Pharisee who encountered Jesus with the woman at the well. The woman at the well and, and the Pharisee offer two different kinds of, of, of expressions of people who were at varying degrees of closeness to Jesus. Now, the Pharisee, if we think of the Pharisees and Jesus... Jesus, Bible scholars have noted that if Jesus was like anybody in society at that day, he was closer to the Pharisees than any other group. So there was, if you looked at this picture, a Pharisee would be very close to the cross. Jesus and the Pharisees were men. They shared the the same gender identity. They were the same ethnicity. They were Jewish. They had the same religion. And not only did they have the same religion, they were serious about, you know, religion. But... If you look at the Pharisees, most of the time they're moving away from Jesus. So even though they're close to Jesus, they're moving away from him. Then we take the Samaritan woman at the well in John chapter 4. This is a great picture of somebody who's about as far away from Jesus in that culture and that time as you could get. She was a woman. She was a different ethnicity, a Samaritan. They were hated by the Jews. She had a different religious ideology. Her beliefs were different. And she was living an immoral lifestyle. So she's about as far away from Jesus in that world as you could get. And yet, after Jesus has a conversation with her by the well and says, if you drink of my water, you're never going to thirst again. And after Jesus kind of calls her on some stuff, like she is moving towards him. And so under a centered set understanding of things, the 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 person that may be far away from Jesus and is moving towards him is much better than the person who's close to Jesus and is moving away. And so, like, you could even apply this to some, even some bounded set kind of things. Like, if you think of your marriage, um, marriage is a bounded set. You know, I mean, you, it's a very small set. <laughs> but it's a bounded set. But I think the question is not, like, did you have a ceremony 20 years ago, did you give each other rings? Did you sign a document that made this boundary official? I mean, that's an important thing. That, that's, I'm not throwing that away. But I think the, the question you always have to ask yourself, am I still moving towards my spouse? <laughs> am I still looking to love them? Or are we moving away from one another? Because that's, that's really a more important question as you get down the road. It's not what you did at one point. It's like, where's the movement in your life? And so what does this mean for a church if you're going to live a centered set version of Christianity? Well, it means that we don't major a lot in this church on church membership. I think we did a membership thing like a few years ago once. And, um, <laughs> but I'm not so concerned with having people that have papers that they can prove like, you know, I'm a member of this church in good standing. Um, I think the important thing for each of us to ask is, are we still moving towards Jesus? Are we trying to embrace him? Are we helping each other do that? But I think where it gets even more interesting 
is when we think of people who are outside the church. For the first decade of being a Christian, when it came to relating to people outside the church, here's the way I related. I, I judged them. I looked down on them. Um, and if I did talk with them, it was just to convert them to my way of thinking about God. And so it was a pretty shallow kind of, it was almost like my interactions with other people outside the church was kind of as a salesman. And I'm a lousy salesman. I remember as a young Christian, I would, it seems like every conference you go to, you hear the speaker come up on stage and he talks about how he led somebody to the Lord on the plane on the way over, you know, like I just struck up a conversation with this lady. And, you know, by the time we landed, she was in tears and accepted Jesus. And I'm thinking, man, when I get on a plane, I don't like to talk to people. <laughs> like, I will never be that guy. You know, like, like you're not going to hear that story from me. Um, I, I just can't do that. But when you take out the agenda of trying to get somebody to step in your boundary, if now the question is not, I'm trying to get you to believe the same things I do and get in the boundaries of my religion and my ideas, if you take that away, and now the question is, where is this person moving with their life? What is God doing in their life? Well, I can get on board with that. Because now I'm not trying to convert somebody to belief. I'm just trying to pay attention to what God's doing in their life. Because you know what? God is moving in everybody's life on planet Earth right now. Every single person on planet Earth, whether they're a Christian or a Muslim or a Jew or a Hindu or a Buddhist or an atheist or an agnostic, a drug addict, a businessman, every person on planet Earth cannot exist without the Holy Spirit moving in their life. But most people don't realize it. Most people are blind to the work of God. And so our job as Christians, is not to convert people to our way of thinking. We're just trying to find out what is God doing in Ricky's life? What, God, what is God doing in Brandon's life? What's God doing in Georgia's life? And so when I sit down with Georgia, I'm listening to her. I can listen to her because I don't have the agenda of trying to convert her. I'm just actually trying to genuinely understand where she's coming from, understand her experience, understand her heart. But as I listen, I'm also listening for the Holy Spirit. What is God doing? And I might hear Georgia begin to share how she, she loves taking care of, 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 you know, feeding orphans. And I might go, you know that thing that you just mentioned? I think that's the heart of God. I just want to encourage you in that. That's a beautiful thing. See how easy that is? So we're training ourselves to actually pay attention to other people and pay attention to God at the same time. And whenever we come across something that resembles the work of God, then we affirm that. We call that out. We encourage people in that. That's centered set ministry because we're trying to actually not get somebody in a boundary, but trying to change the direction of their life to where they're moving towards Jesus, even if it's only little incremental baby steps. I think a good example of this that I experienced a few years ago was when um, I was at this worship leaders retreat in uh, Black Mountain, North Carolina. I've been going to these worship retreats for years, and uh, this was the first time that I'd been up in Black Mountain. And on the first night of the retreat, it's like a Monday night, and I'm leading worship at this worship retreat, and I get done, and I'm really hungry because I didn't get to eat that night because we were practicing for worship. That's just the kind of guy I am. <laughs> If I had some Twinkies, I'd have been leading worship and eating Twinkies at the same time. But um, at the end of the worship service, the end of the service that night, me and my buddy Raymond, who was playing guitar, 
we, we were hungry, so we went into Black Mountain on a Monday night. And Black Mountain on a Monday night is not that different from, Black, uh, from Covington on a Monday night at 9 o'clock. There's not much going on. And so we couldn't find a place to eat, and then we end up taking a wrong turn. And, and all of a sudden, we look up at the top of this hill, and we see a light that said, open. <laughs> and it said, pizza. <laughs> and we're like, hot dog. Uh, we, we can do this. So we, we get up to this restaurant. It turns out they just opened like that day. And they were trying to cater to college students. So they were, they were going to stay open to like three in the morning. So we go up to the counter and me and Raymond, we're like, um, like to order some pizza. And the guy's like, all right, and gives us some pizza. Get, and then Raymond's like, um, you got any beer? And the guy goes, well, as long as you can, you know, Convince me that you're not with the alcohol control board because we don't have a license. And Raymond was like, it's okay, we're pastors. <laughs> so right, right off the, the, the bat, this guy kind of warms up to us. And then after we're done with pizza, you know, as we're eating pizza, we invited some friends over. So we got 10 or 12 people over there. And we, they had this little fire pit outside. So we just sit down with this guy and his girlfriend, and we just start having a conversation. And we just, we're just... They're listening to them. And you got you to understand, all the, all the people that were hanging out there were all worship leaders from vineyard churches around the country. And we're just having a good time by the fire, eating pizza, having a few beers, just enjoying the night. And we begin to hear this guy's girlfriend. She was a, a, a veteran of the Afghanistan war. She actually had been wounded by an I, IED. And... Uh, her shoulder was was messed up, and you know, it, and she just began to share about this, and and the guy began to share about his dreams, and and we just really felt that the Holy Spirit was was doing something there. So the next night, we invited some more friends. So we had about twenty five or thirty people show up, and it was starting to really turn into a party there. And then we hung out with them for another three or four hours that night, and we're just getting to know them. And I would hear the guy share his heart to. You know, he had this dream of creating sustainable housing for people in third world countries. And, and as I heard him share this, I was like, you know, I'm just going to say that's God. Well, he didn't believe in God. He didn't go to church. He's like, huh, I've never thought about it that way. I was like, you know, I think God put that desire in you to help other people. I, I, I'm going to call that the work of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to believe in the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to call it that. And he goes, okay, well, that's interesting. So the next night... We had like 60 or 70 worship leaders there. And now people showed up with their instruments. And it was a, it was a Holy Ghost hoedown. Um, <laughs> and we're out there jamming. We're singing Stand By Me and, you know, all these different songs. And, got the, and the guy is just overwhelmed. He's just started his business like the day we got there. And here he is. He's had just been flooded with all these these worship leaders. And I got to tell you something. It's pretty fantastic when you're doing a jam by the campfire and you got like 60 people who sing for a living. That's, that's pretty, pretty hot stuff. And so it was so cool by the end of the week. At one point, we're just having this big jam out there and stuff. And, and uh, a friend of mine, uh, Marie Barnett, who wrote the song Breathe and, and a couple other songs that are pretty famous, um, you know, she starts talking with this, this guy's girlfriend and then she said, can we just pray for you? And the girl's like, okay, because she had an injury. And they prayed for her, and God healed her, healed her shoulder that night. 
And, and this woman just, like, God impacted her. Next thing you know, she's given her life to Jesus. Later that evening, it was the last night of this thing, I just talked to the guy who owned the place. I said, would it be okay if we just blessed your business? And so we closed out that week by gathering around his business, and we just gathered in there, and we just prayed a blessing on him, that God would prosper him, that God would give him what he needs, that God would bless him. It was a really cool thing. And then we left. (laughs) And this guy was so impacted by that that, like, a month or two out from the retreat now, he's calling me up saying, are y'all going to come this year? Uh, I've done some new things to, to make it nicer for your group. I mean, he's like remodeling the building. It's his favorite time of the year, hanging around with these vineyard worship leaders from all over the country. And his business has been blessed and all these different things. But that's centered set ministry. You know, had we shown up on that Monday night and we're eating our pizza, and then we just start trying to get this guy to become one of us, it probably wouldn't have worked. But we were just trying to pay attention to what the Holy Spirit was doing and move with that. And by stepping into this guy's world, by affirming what we actually saw the Spirit doing, not only did the arrow, the direction of his life begin to go towards Jesus, it happened that his girlfriend started going towards Jesus too. And, and, and we saw that God just showed up in a powerful way. That's what we're trying to do as a church, to move people towards Jesus. So how do we do that in some some practical ways? Well, we've got a few things coming up. Uh, In October, we're going to do Fall for Art again. We've got a lot of amazing local artists that are going to be showing their work here. Uh, I've got a band that um, I lined up called Cactus Thief, which are really just some amazing guys um, who do some music down in New Orleans, and they're going to come here and play. So we're going to have some really good music and food. Uh, That's a way that we actually connect with the culture. And that's like a really big deal to me. You know, that's why since we started this church, I play, you know, I, I, I played a gig yesterday that about killed me at the farmer's market, like three hours out in the sun. And I, was like, I still haven't recovered from that. But, you know, one reason I try to play at gigs all the time, it's not that I just am too bored and I don't have enough stuff going on in my life. Um, I, I just realized music is a, a, a universal language. I know there's some of you in here that that's how you encountered me was through playing music, <laughs> like Miss Georgia. Uh, yeah, you know, and still after that you came to church. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as I, in my own life, I try to connect with the culture as a songwriter, as a musician. Uh, I don't go play necessarily like Christian songs everywhere I go. I'm just trying to play music that's good, and and by playing music, it's allowed me to get into the lives of, you know, bartenders, people working at restaurants, people all over the place that would not care to hear a word from me if they just knew right off the bat that I was a pastor. But something about music breaks down those barriers. So we're doing that. We're doing Fall for Art here in a few weeks. And I just encourage you to to come out to that and be a part of that. Uh, That's a way we're going to connect with the culture. But another way that we're connecting is this this Saturday. We're going to go out there to an area that is a predominantly black area of town um, with people that are likely, you know, different than, than maybe some of the people that you normally hang around with. 
But in our world, have you noticed that there's some racial tension going on in our world? You know, there's some, there's a lot of stuff going on. We're not going out there to solve all the problems of the world. We're just going out there to, to break bread. Not to say that we got the answers or anything, but hey, we're your neighbors. Can we sit down and have a meal and enjoy some music together? I don't know what's going to come out of this. I don't know if it's going to succeed. I don't know if we're going to get 20 people to show up at this thing or eat our food or anything. But by golly, it seems like a better place to start than just trying to come into a neighborhood and tell them we got all the answers. We're just trying to get to know people the best way that we know how. And that usually involves, what's that? Shut my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I really did for a second there, Scott. You scared me. <laughs> yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. And I think, I think just the simplicity, just like at Black Mountain when we sat down and ate pizza and had a beer with these people that own that place, that began to open up the door to relationship, which ultimately created a space for the Holy Spirit to move. That's all we're trying to do. You're not trying to say that we have the answers or that, or that we're going to solve any problems, but I think just the intentionality of trying to be salt and light and, and do something that is counter to what everything else that is going on in this country concerning race, I think it starts there. And maybe, maybe we make some friends. Maybe we get to hear a different perspective on things. Maybe we can open our hearts to, to, to see what the Holy Spirit is doing. And, and I'm confident in that, even, even if it may not be a success in kind of the metrics that we measure things, and I don't even know how you measure success in this, but, you know, even if not a whole lot of people come out, if we, if we can just open our hearts, open our eyes, our ears, to try to understand and get to know and make friends with some people that, that may be different from us, I think that right there in and of itself is good and it's good for you and it's good for this community so that's all I got to say about that all right I don't I didn't figure out how to end this all right amen bless the cook God bless you well if you uh (laughs) thank you it's, it's that awkward, like, half clap starting up. That's okay. <laughs> That's always the worst. Like, it might have been better if we didn't even try to start that at all. <laughs> um, anyway, if any of you need prayer or anything, uh, feel free to come up to the front. We'll have some, some folks up here to pray with you. Otherwise, God bless you. Go home. God bless the saints. Whatever. All right, bye. <laughs>